Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. And I'm a little stuffy in the studio this morning. Not I was about to say this morning. I'm a little addle-headed this morning. Yes, <laughs> this evening. Today, too. period. Today. Let's just yes. say today. Yes. Oh, but we're so happy to be here. It's yeah. been quite a number of weeks since we were able to be here in the studio with everybody. So yay! <laughs> I'm I'm pointing at our acknowledgments, yes. which we we would like to start with Absolutely. Today. We do want to start by re- acknowledging that we are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And what that means to me as a settler on this land is that I need to create space and time in my own life to connect with the people of the land whose land I live on, whose land I share, uh, who have the wisdom and the experience in stewardship of this land. We have the idea that we've been here for a long time, we being whoever we consider to be Canadians. They're here from time immemorial. (laughs) They really know the land. At least a a very lot longer than we have. A very, very lot longer, yes. Yes, and so we were talking today, since it's us in the studio, we don't have a guest with us today. Our guests is our our our, our team members perhaps on high. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like to up check there in. if it really is up. <laughs> Other and <clears throat> we were when when it's going to be a day that Luca and I chat with each other in the studio. We tend to pick a topic that's related to something that we are experiencing or considering or thinking about or what have you. Something Running that's across. current. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just a topic that somebody else gives us, something that feels fresh for us that we're kind of wrestling mm-hmm. with, and so we wrestle mm-hmm. about it. On, on air. air. <laughs> Sometimes we find gems of information that we didn't know we had. Exactly. Or, yeah, we learn from each other. We learn yeah. from all kinds of things. So we decided that we would wrestle with the idea of the shadow, the shadow side, or our shadows of our own personal selves, or and wherever else this is going to take us together. Um, we Just a really quick chat of, that we started having in uh, the Starbucks before we came in here Um it was an interesting thing because as soon as the word, as soon as the word shadow came out, what then was we it? knew what we were talking about. Well, you also. But I started by talking about blind spots, right? And because I've always had—I mean, since before I could even identify it as this—I've always had um, a, a feeling of disquiet around the idea that I have a blind spot. Because of course I have a blind spot. Because everybody has a blind spot. And as a friend of mine once said to me, your blind spot, Luca, by its very nature, is blind. <laughs> and so, you, you, it, no matter how proactive you are, you cannot proactive yourself right out of your blind spot because it's kind of a condition of being human. Yeah. It's that area in which we are still learning or uncovering ourselves or... Um, remembering or whatever it is that we're doing in that spot. And, and so as we were talking about that today, you said, uh, well, that's, that, that's like 
your shadow. Yeah. Like, you can't have life without having a shadow. And you, and you mentioned was, well, Peter you, Pan. Well, yeah, because you, you, you started out with, you know, as soon as the word shadow came up, you, you kind of went, oh, like that. Well, that's mm-hmm. a negative. Like, there's something dark about that or something unwanted. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, but thinking about Peter Pan, do you remember in, in Peter Pan, there's a part where he loses his shadow? Yes. And there's a whole distressing moment where he's trying to sew it back on. Sew yeah, it back he gets on to Wendy his to sew it back on. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's something important about that. Like, when the shadow was disconnected from him, the shadow was running a bit rampant mm-hmm. and he didn't quite like that because he wasn't it wasn't reflecting what mm-hmm. he himself was doing mm-hmm. um, but our shadows ex- they are intrinsically a part of us if you you know you're out in the sun you have a shadow and it, it's basically because we take up space well and if there's no light <laughs> there's no shadow Yes, right? that too. Uh, so without, if there were no shadow, we'd be in the dark all the time. Yes. Because or, if there's light, there's going to be a shadow. Or in the gray areas all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. But yeah, a shadow I don't think is needs to be considered as something inherently no. negative. No. It is... Well, I was talking about renaming. Like renaming the blind ah. spot something else that would help me to feel better about it. Like... Like I renamed right. um, selfish yes. and egotistical as self-full because I believe that it is also a neutral condition mm. and that you can't not have it because if you don't have any sense of selfishness, then you also don't have any sense of self, which means you have no boundaries. Yeah, You cannot tell what's you and what's someone else. And as long as we live in a paradigm that is dualistic, we need to be able to individuate, which doesn't mean there isn't any value in seeing us all as uh, one. The, you know, the religion has struggled with this for eons, right? <laughs> this idea that we're all one. And I don't see all one as being an amorphous glob. I see it as being more like we're all connected to one another. And so, therefore, what I do affects you and what you do affects me. I'm not talking about getting rid of that. But I'm I'm talking about if I give a more conscious, positively inclined name to something, then I value it better. Right. So I would like to rename my blind spot, um, <laughs> my shadow. Yeah. Uh, and then, but, but with the accepting... But with a positive yes. spin on it, right? Yeah. Which is that it is that which I have not brought to consciousness yet. So on those lines, um, I feel like we did talk on a previous show before about the Jahari window, which is a uh, a psychological concept. It's often taught to those who are studying counseling, Mm -hmm. etc., as a way of both understanding ourselves, but also helping to talk with clients about um, how to get fuller understanding of themselves. So the concept of the Johari window, I just sent a, a tweet out to uh, with a link to the Wikipedia art, uh, article about it. So if mm-hmm. anybody is curious and you'd like to read a bit more, that'll give you a head start. Mm-hmm. So the Johari window is the idea of like a, a, a grid, so you meant like a four-paned window yep. up, on, up on the wall. And on the left-hand side, you've got uh, the spectrum of what is known to other people or visible to other people and what's not visible. So top, let's say, is visible to other people or known. Mm-hmm. Bottom is uh, not visible or not seen to other people. And then across the top, we've got the spectrum of what is known to ourselves mm-hmm. on the left and then what is not known to ourselves mm-hmm. on the right-hand side. And the idea that in these four panes, they all represent different aspects of who we are mm-hmm. and our different levels of awareness about them. And 
I remember when I first learned this concept. So, you know, yeah, there's there's parts of my personality, parts of my way of being that I'm very familiar with, that other people are very familiar with. We can both agree. We can say, I am stubborn. We can say, I am, uh, I have a big, bright smile. I don't know. I'll, you know, one, I'm tall. <laughs> Yeah. For physical things. Yeah, but and it's not negative or positive. It's just things that we both know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, not inherently negative or positive, just awareness. <laughs> and then there's things that I know about myself. This this feels easy for me. I know mm-hmm. things about myself that other people don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that, of course, right? Because yeah. I've got my inner workings of my mind, yeah. my inner in, intentions, mm-hmm. emotions, etc. That is known to me, not necessarily known to others. Mm-hmm. I can make them more known to others yes. by communicating it. Yeah. And there may or may not be any sense of shame around that. True. So some things I don't share with other people because they're important to me and I don't particularly need them to be out there in the public sphere. And there are other things that I don't share because I'm ashamed of them. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And but within the model here, there's yeah. again no right or wrong. No right just or wrong. Yeah. What are you aware of? Yeah. Um, I'm especially uncomfortable with the concept that there are things that are known to others about me that I am unaware of myself. Yeah. But that's a full pane on this window. It's one yes, full well, quarter. Yes. Well, that's the that's the one I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. Because. That's that's our bi- it's blind spot. Because, yeah, other people can see this. They could report about this. There's going to be consensus and people who know us well mm-hmm. that when they're when they're describing these aspects of ourselves, and yet we may still have obliviousness or unawareness that these, this, these are aspects of ourselves. So maybe this could cover things like the impacts that we have on, the, on people around us or our environment. Or our unconscious prejudices. Could be unconscious behaviors. Right. Things that we do that we just don't recognize that they are they're habitual, that they're patterns, that they're. And again, not necessarily negative, just things that we don't we just don't perceive. Well, and if we don't if we don't if we have low self-esteem, there may be things that other people see about us that they really value that we're not valuing about ourselves. Right. We either don't acknowledge that that that's true, that it that those are aspects of ourselves or we don't think that they're as valuable as other people seem to think they are. Yeah. And there is a fourth panel pane in this window that is it is not known to us so it's still in our blind spot and it's also not known to others so you could say this is that would be the shadow this is the shadowy part right yes which again True shadow yeah again because it's all part of the these four panels of the windows mm-hmm. not inherently wrong it, it's mm-hmm. just part of what is so these could be things that go into why we are doing what we do um stuff that happened and influenced us when we were a kid or things that have influence on us in society, uh, influence our beliefs about the world or about ourselves, all all kind, even genetic factors. Mm -hmm. I I, I wonder, I'm still wondering how much of my foibles comes down through my genes. (laughs) Well, and even if some of them do... We still have free will about what we do with them. Yeah, it, no, it's right? true. But uh, there's something but, yeah. fascinating about that, that, that I may not be quite as unique as I think I am because genes have such a huge yeah. impact. Yeah. yeah. I, when when yeah. we finally figure out time travel, and I'm saying this as though you know, we're just going to, you know, 10 more years and we got it sorted, uh, I would like to be a time, his, uh, a time historian. I want to be able to go back and, and look at look at patterns through time, look back through periods of time at families and see well, where and things pop up. Well, then we start throwing in the piece around <laughs> we can change the past. 
than well, I think with you know, this awareness. Is, this, I'm talking That's about observing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're so, th- but time travel has even more possibilities, yeah. which are mind-boggling. Yeah. But we can save that for another show. So. One of them, the help, okay, so the, the idea of the Jahari window is just to help us understand that, okay, so there's stuff, there's information out there that other people have about me that I'm not necessarily aware of. There's information I have about me that others aren't necessarily aware of. There are ways of making those sections of the window uh, bringing it so that more of it is within our personal awareness yep. or that more of it is within other people's awareness. So I can communicate more with others what's going on that they don't know. Mm-hmm. I can listen with curiosity and openness. And even ask for. And ask for what other people's experience and understanding or witnessing. Witnessing is probably a key word here of aspects of myself that I am unaware of. Um, and then it's usually through something like therapy that the, the the unaware to ourselves and unaware to others portion starts to get a little more illuminated well, as well. Well, that's the place of discovery. Yeah. Right? True discovery. Yeah. So if we think about the shadow in terms of attitude and how do we approach it, if we all accept we all have shadow. And that it is a process of life to deal with. To deal with shadow because it doesn't necessarily stay the same, even if we would like it to. Even if I refuse to budge on something, other people can still gradually know more about me. Sure. So it's so it's never static. Think about um, one, my youngest son uh, just graduated elementary this week, and he had a silhouette of his face on the wall. Mm-hmm. All of the kids in his class had they'd done those uh, those like projector silhouettes and like cut a, them the out. Type kind of yes. Yeah. So they were all lined in the room. And so when we first, all of the family came in, we were looking to see which one is Solomon, <laughs> which mm, one looks like yeah, him. Yeah. And uh, we, we pegged him pretty fa- pretty fast. Oh, there's the crazy hair. That's the, <laughs> that's yeah, the nose the line. Clue. That's yep. the chin. Yep. Uh, um, but think about our shadows. They do change over time mm-hmm. because our physical being in the world, like our physical shadows change over yes. the years. Yes. I do not have the same shadow that I did when I was 16. Well, they also change <laughs> over the course of the day. True. Because Where's they the get sun more and the distorted. The, yes, as the sun is closer to the horizon and yeah. it's extended out. So. And even at high noon, it's so little that you wouldn't right. even recognize it as a human shadow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's... It's constantly moving. Constantly showing, uh, changing, and yet it is an expression and it is very specifically tied to who we are in that moment. If we physically changed, that shadow would physically change too. So as we change within ourselves and our psychological shadow is inextricably tied to what we are and who we are in this present moment. And so our shadow changes, perhaps the fears that are that are hiding in the all what what do you say the shadow hides? Cuz shadow is more about not being visible. What do you think is in the shadow? It's the the uh, uh not knowingness, right? It's the it's always there. It's it's in a I mean it's it's hidden in the sense that it's hidden from either, if it's my shadow, it's hidden from my awareness, and it may be hidden from the awareness of the people with whom I interact. But it doesn't mean it isn't there. 
Right. It's like you may not see what's underneath the iceberg in the ocean. But I it doesn't was just mean it's not there. Iceberg too. Yeah. It's sort of uh, so our our mental shadow, you could say, could be these things that are like the amount of ice underneath the iceberg mm-hmm. that's very strongly influencing the direction of the iceberg mm-hmm. uh, and its ability to change direction, to slow down, speed up, all of those things. It's yeah. it's it's connected to mass. Yeah. It affects us. It affects how we see the world, how we express ourselves, uh, what our expectations are, what we allow ourselves to dream, how we censor ourselves. Yeah. Like it, it's it's it. So it's manifesting all the time. Right. And influencing. But, but it may not be owned. Oh no! Well, that's the thing. And if we're not aware of it, we can't own it. But even when we are aware of it, we might not want to own it, <laughs> yeah. depending on how we see it, and depending on the culture in which we're living at the time. Mm-hmm. Because there are some, and I think this is where some of it is that we we know something about ourselves, but we don't share it. If it doesn't feel safe, we're not going to share it. Mm-hmm. So how how safe do we feel in the world? How in our, willing are we to expose something that might not be accepted? Yeah, and that can go for our close relationships. It's like yeah. circles, right? Our close yeah. relationships impact that. Yeah. The next little circle of our friendships impacts that. How do we feel comfortable in relieving them? Our work relationships yeah. and then just general society yeah. at large. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is where the bonus of having a lot of ways of expressing things anonymously online can be really helpful. We are able to ask questions online and start to get a feel from what people have to tell us. This is an interesting way in which uh, I think those that Okay, sorry, too many thoughts going through my brain at once. Stop, Rebecca. <laughs> Pull out one at a time. Oh, they pile up like like a train crash behind my, my mouth sometimes. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I'm realizing this as I'm talking about it, and the trains are all piling up. So we've got the internet. We've got all these avenues online where we can go and ask questions or float something. Like, say some oh, thoughts. For, uh... Say some ideas. Uh, say say what a perspective is on an experience without having to have our names be associated with it. This is a really easy way of ex- of exploring the stuff that's known to us but not known to others and to kind of see, well, how would other people react to this if I share it? And you may stumble across some of the things that are not even known to yourself that can be visible to others by sharing those things because then if it's if it's shared in say say it's on Reddit where there's these question and answer platforms you can ask anything and, and all these other people who don't know who you are will come by and they'll they'll tell you what they say what Reddit is Well there's all kinds of stuff going on on Reddit It's it's everything <laughs> It's a hub for everything right. Yeah um, but there's also things like Quora and you know places you can just ask questions you know Yahoo questions or answers or whatever right and and all these people you don't know will take a look at it and tell you their 10 cents. And it's a way of kind of starting to feel through what's going on. For those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. I'm popping that in there as we we browse through our thoughts and Today here. we're talking about shadow perspective. Yeah. Perspective on <clears throat> shadow, shadow, yeah. Just, we're, we're basically we're pulling playing. the flashlight out and we're looking mm-hmm. around in the shadow to see what's there. Our mm-hmm. personal shadows, mm-hmm. our collective sh- shadows. 
Yeah. So I in the shadow, in our shadow, in my shadow. Let's let's take it personally. In yeah. my shadow are a lot of really deep fears, fears that I can't look at. Mm-hmm. Uh that are kind of, as I say that, I feel it in the small of my back. It's like the things that plague me at 3.30 or four o'clock in the morning that I'm very easy to push away during the day. Mm-hmm. But when I am all alone with myself and my thoughts, maybe I can't help but, but they stress come out about of them. the shadows, literally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like when everything's quiet, yeah. the stuff in the shadows will come out and blink and you'll start to notice it's there. Also, hopes. The, the dreams that are that are too scary to f- dream in awareness, but they're really something that my heart desires. But it's like such a tender thing that I can't even bring it to my own awareness. But if it were to happen, I would tumble into the most fantastic joy because it's something I've secretly wanted or hoped or wished for. Yeah. Those are there. Yeah. Um, I want to say my nemeses are there. All of the things, whether those are, whether those are horrible experiences from my past that have set me up to have beliefs that those are the things that I'm set up for Mm -hmm. that will happen again. Those, those lurk there. They, they lurk there with, with, with sort of a lurking place. It is a lurking place. And that's why when you get curious about it, instead of assuming it's full of bad stuff. Yeah. Like you get curious and you go in there with a flashlight. It's like, what are you doing in here? You've been making a lot of noise. I kind of wondered what that scratchiness was, you know, and it's like, well, actually you're useful. Come on, let's come on out. Come hang out over here. Let's dust you off. It's it's like inviting a bashful person up on stage (laughs) and, and shining a light on them and encouraging them to express themselves and share something of what they know or a talent they have or whatever it is in a way that's not going to make them scurry back behind the curtain where nobody can see them, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking that that in the energy work that I do, shadows are um, abundantly visible to me in, in indirect ways. So, for instance, if something is in my shadow, then by the law of attraction, I'm probably going to attract people into my life who are going to show those things to me. And if I'm afraid that they're negative, I may invite that in a negative expression around me. Uh, But I might also invite it, uh, energetically invite it in a positive expression, but not recognize it as that. So, for instance, when I was in my 20s, I was not living my passion, or I I was only living a small piece of my passion, and and I was very attracted to people who were passionate, Mm -hmm. who had some grand passion in their lives that they were actively involved in, and and they were not particularly interested in me because uh, I was not in my passion. And so you could say that at that stage in my life, my passion was in my shadow. Uh, it was in the dark. And I had not yet invited it, fully invited it out to play. Well, by the time I got into my early 30s, I was actively engaging with it. And so then I was also, I didn't have all these people in my life that I thought of as being passionate who didn't want to have anything to do with me. So I had more friends 
colleagues, um, people in the community around me who were passionate and engaged with me. But it took me finding that in myself to be able to step into an active role with it. But I couldn't, I couldn't do that until I recognized that I had been uh, disregarding, disowning that part of my shadow mm -hmm. that wasn't bad. It was just something that I didn't think I could have yet. So sometimes when we're not sure of what's in our shadow, all we have to do is take a look around us. I mean, that happened to be a positive situation. I've met a lot of people who have who are completely surrounded by people who are bitter or people who are angry or people who are victims. And in some way, they're not owning that either that fear in themselves or that quality in mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So so it's it's like sometimes we we can't see that which casts the shadow, but we can see the shadow. Right. So my shadow, I may I may you may not be able to see me, but you can see the shadow I cast by wh wh who's the if you'll pardon the pun, who's the cast of the characters who are around me at any given time. Um, so I'm I'm saying this as a way of of reminding myself that um, I actually have more access to my shadow than I even think I do. Right. Uh, because it's. It's in what are the synchronicities that show up in my life? Who, what are the opportunities that pop up? And, and are there consistently opportunities that pop up and I push them away mm. and say, oh, no, 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 that's not for me. Mm -hmm. I, do, I don't deserve that or, I, or I'm not talented enough for that or I'm not whatever enough right. for that, right? So this is what I mean by it's a dynamic process, but nothing, nothing is hidden as hidden as we think it is. In a way, mm -hmm. it's it's there. It's just how are we looking at it? So we were talking a little earlier about symptoms, about physical symptoms, because mm -hmm. you're in the middle of allergies <laughs> right now, right? And I'm in the middle of a pain in the muscles of my upper back that I've never had before. Right. So that always makes me curious. Right. Because if I've had it before, then I think back to, oh, when was the last time I had this and what was going on in my life when I had it? But this one I haven't had before. So now I'm trying to think back because I'm exploring my own shadow. I'm thinking, now, when did that show up? So now you're making, you're twigging something for me because just a, a, couple, a few weeks ago, <clears throat> actually, I'm going to save my story. I want to play one of our songs right now because I can come back to the story. Because yeah. um, you were talking mostly about uh, just there about really owning recognizing and owning and realizing we have more access to our shadow than we may think we do. Yeah. So I've got queued up Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. singing Me and My Shadow. So let's let's have this <laughs> in great. mind along That's lines great. of Peter Pan, right? These <laughs> This is a part of us. We're never going to let go of. It's always going to be there. It's always going to evolve with us. Doesn't have to be considered negative. Here we go. Like the wallpaper sticks to the wall. Shark clings to the sea Like you'll never get rid of your shadow Frank, you'll never get rid of me Let all the others fight and fuss Whatever happens We've got us 
We're closer than pages that stick in a book. We're closer than ripples that play in a brook. Wherever you find him, you find me just look. Closer than a miser or the bloodhound still eyes me. We're closer than smog when it clings to L.A. We're closer than Bobby is to JFK. Not a soul can bust this team in two. We stick together like glue. And when it's a sleeping time, that's when we rise. We start to swing, swing to the sky. What a surprise They ring A ding ding A happy new year And now to repeat what I said At the start They'll need a large crowbar To break us apart We're alone But far from blue Before we get finished We'll make the town roar We'll make all the late spots and then a few more. We'll wind up at Jilly's right after Toot Shore. Life is gonna be a wee while we for my shadow and me. Say, Frank. What is it, Sam? Would you do me a favor? What do you want now? Would you mind just taking it one more time? From the top? No, from the ending. Wonderful. And while we are swinging, to mention a few, we'll drop in at Danny's, the little club too. But wind up at Jilly's, whatever we do, yeah, life, life is gonna be a wee while we We were just listening to Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. sing Me and My Shadow. I haven't heard that in forever. Because like we're talking song. about shadow we perspectives We are talking about today. shadows perspectives. I'm, I can't say that word properly right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here with a cold and I've got, I've got li- remnants of hives on my arms because I got poked up for an allergy test today and discovered that I'm allergic to cats. I've had cats my whole life. How can I be allergic to cats? And you live with two now. Yeah, they're my partners. Is not they're not going anywhere, and of course a myriad of other things that make my allergies miserable, which is part of what got Luca and I talking about you know symptoms, things that show up, right? And how do we interpret these things? And I think sometimes the things that are in our shadow can influence our perspective on these symptoms in perhaps mm-hmm. the not most helpful ways. You were saying well, you have the a the symptoms pain. come out of the non-linear, non-temporal, non-rational area of the world and so if if our brains can't get wrapped around something in a linear way then it comes out in a non-linear way yeah it's going to show up one way or another symptoms our bodies is one of the ways for our psyche to communicate something to us that's important 
You could you could also call it like the passive aggressive way that the psyche makes stuff known to us. There's the assertive way where if we have an open rapport with our shadow, it will speak with us and we'll listen Mm -hmm. and our intuition, same thing. We'll listen. It's a good open conversation. And if it's not, then it can get, you know, aggressive or we were complaining that I like I want the information without the pain. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. And the, a few weeks ago, I'd had, I was about to tell the story before I decided, no, we'll cut to a song. My my knees were bothering me tremendously. And to the point where I was choosing to avoid stairs and activities and things that were, that were it was active pain. And I thought, oh my God, like, are my knees going? Am I getting old that old. fast? Yeah, because we, we're afraid of aging, yeah, right? all yep. of that. Mm-hmm. And I was seriously quite, I kept pushing it away, but this mm-hmm. was my fears. Mm-hmm. And then I went uh, for a swim one day, and while I was in the middle of this swim, I, I did a movement that suddenly helped me realize that, you, you know how you, you you pull a muscle, and then but you don't know how you did it. And then you do an action, and you're like, oh, wow, uh, that's what that's did it. That's where right? it was. So yep. I was swimming, and I suddenly discovered that there was this kicking thing that I'd done the last time I went for a swim. I really, really gave it while I was doing this kick. And that was what hurt my knees. Now, it's so different from actually walking up and down steps and hiking that it had never occurred to me that the pain in my knees would be from swimming. But it told me right away. But this is the thing with with the pain, and it was limiting me. It was giving me information. But without open-mindedly searching for the source, I was assuming it was something larger, more sinister, less able to be intervened with, much more about something unfixable than something fixable. And we talked about witnessing, right? So I'm witnessing you as you tell this story. This is why it's so valuable to tell your friends, colleagues, whoever, about these things, because (laughs) then they can go, oh. (laughs) So you're saying swimming. Good. You're you're swimming around in what? Water. What's water the universal symbol of? The feminine. (laughs) You're swimming around in the feminine. Now, we don't know what that means yet, but knees. And to me, knees are about going down on bended knee. It's about... um, uh, um, bending to something with bending your will to something <laughs> and then I was resisting all of the things that would because it was sore I was yeah. feeling sore about it yeah and I was avoiding every yeah. thing now we, that would, we'd have to unpack this right yeah. because it's a symptom like symptoms like dreams like anything that is in the unknown in our um, in our shadow we we need to unpack them because mm. because they need to be translated um, so we we would, you know, if this we is were sitting in the car, we would be <laughs> translating this, right? Yes. So, and we're we've got sort of shorthand around this now because we both work in this sphere. Me, probably me, even more so because it's an area that just just I'm just I'd live it and breathe it. Um, and I'm always slightly annoyed when it comes <laughs> up in me, um, and, and then the- grateful because it always un- it unearths something that's that's useful hmm. but but we spend a lot of time sitting in the car unpacking things like we this do. or sitting over coffee unpacking things yeah. like this because symptoms um will they we unfold them like you unfold some, a tent and put it up right so 
we can do that. We can. We can do that, and that is again. That's an uh, an approach of curiosity yes. rather than approach of ah it's fix more it. More gentle. It's more playful, which is what this song was, right? Yeah. It was you know me and my shadow, and and like what's in there, and what could we find out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I'm going to play the other song because mm-hmm. I chose one that was directly a the contrast. Other side. Yes. Yeah. This one's a heavier one. Yeah. Um, but we're going to take the heavy and we're going to see why it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to poke around in that after we listen to this. So this is by Katie Lang. This is Shadow in the Frame. Uh, let's have a listen to how she feels about the shadow. So I find myself. And what I became Having nowhere else to lay The blame The darker side of me In my discovery The shadow and the frame Are indeed the same Does a taste for truth disappear with you? Took a listen to Katie Lang's Shadow and the Frame. Oh, it was kind of, there's a, there's a funny groundingness to it, but there's a sadness. There's a steep, deep sadness there. And it made me 
I was mentioning to Luca while we were listening to it that it, 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 that song is a reminder to talk about the the negative. So we were talk we've about already the talked discomfort. Yeah, discomfort because well, <clears throat> that's often how we well, experience it is just discomfort. It we is don't discomfort. even know what it is. But but in the place of discomfort, we may again thinking of the Jahari window. We talked mm-hmm. about how to expand that, right? How to expand mm-hmm. our awareness. Mm-hmm. But we can instead be in a place of like the exact opposite of curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. The I don't want to know. Where we don't tell people what's going on for us. Where we don't listen to other people who are giving us their witnessing of, of what they can see happening for us. And it's not necessarily right, wrong, good or bad. They're just ex- expressing what they, what they see. And so our shadow has more room. It's like it's wrapping around us. It starts to <laughs> encroach because the, the blind spot grows. So I got a perfect example of this. Robert Munch, who is a Canadian, um, who's a Canadian children's storyteller, he uh, wrote a, a little book called The Dark. And it was about a shadow that started eating other shadows <laughs> and getting bigger and bigger and bigger until he was so big that he was... He, he co- had covered the whole house and the whole everybody in the house was in the dark because it was hanging over the eaves and right down to the ground. And, and it just kept eating more shadows and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we, to, to find out many years later that uh, Robert Munch was suffering from depression. Um, so this was, a, this was a wonderful analogy of what it was that he was going through in his depressed state. And I think that if we take depression, if we take the shadow to its nth degree, it can turn into depression, right? Yeah. It's, it's this, it's the dark place that feels so big and overwhelming that we feel like we can never get out of it. Yeah. Well, and at that point where the shadow is given more space to to be, mm-hmm. it can begin to bl- to merge with the shadows of other people, and and where we don't know where ours ends and another yeah. person's yeah. begins or societies, and so mm-hmm. those things are also putting pressure from behind us where we mm-hmm. are not looking at them and we can't sift it because we're not giving we're not shining the light on it we're not yeah. turning around to say hey what's going on here well and I would even say that societies have a shadow. So it isn't just our individual shadows, but where our shadows overlap with the shadow of our society, like our fear of mental illness, our fear of anger, our fear of our own sexuality, um, and all the different permutations of our sexuality, the fear of death and dying, um, the fear of illness, all of those things are... Um, are in the mix as well, and I think that where where we have maybe those those societal shadows influence ours, and ours become part of the societal ones. So so it's not just as simple as me all alone in the world with my shadow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're saying is yeah. they can they can merge with mm-hmm. one another and feel like they're bigger sometimes than they actually are. Mm-hmm. So this is all about orientation again and perspective you know, perspective right? exactly so which perspective are we going to take where are we going to look where are we going to put our attention where are we going to put our energy we're we going to put our energy into avoiding um disowning pushing down ignoring or are we going to put our attention into being curious uh allowing not judging 
Mm-mm. Not judging. <laughs> well, this is what Ka- Katie Lang was just saying about the shadow and the frame are the same, right? That that they're that they're inextricably linked. So the fr- to me, the frame is how I frame it. It's it's the perspective I bring to it. Yeah. Do I see it as something terrible, or do I? And that's that's irrevocable. Or do I see it and 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 um, stagnant, right? Or do I see it as a as a place of becoming in myself um, and in society, right? Then, the, if I can see it as a place of becoming, of my becomingness, of my movement towards being more whole, then then I can bring some levity to it, even when it's its most painful, because it's not a definition of who I am. It is a condition uh, that through which I move as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also thinking that when somebody gives us feedback on our shadow, some aspect of ourselves of which we are not aware, they don't necessarily always give it to us in the best way. No. Because we're not very skilled at giving feedback around those things. And and if the if the person we're giving the feedback to doesn't know about it, we probably don't know all that much about it either. And and sometimes it comes out in absolute frustration. Mm-hmm. And that's not the easiest way to hear it, especially when it's in our shadow and we're feeling sensitive about it or unacknowledging or ashamed or and or or. To be honest, we can sometimes have people who give us what they say is witnessing of our parts of us that we don't see. But what they're actually describing is where their shadow falls upon us. Yes. Yes, and where so the merging may, is happening, and so they they yeah. don't realize that they're just. That's the whole idea of you know, um, dis, uh, not displacement. Um, what's the term? The counseling term? Where um, you projection? Uh, projection. Projection, right? So they may be projecting. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see this. Oh, I see this on you. Yeah. Which doesn't mean this. it isn't true at all, but it might not be as true as they think it is. Or so we. So in our curiosity. Direction. It, we can, you know, again, if we don't start from a place of judgment of even ourselves, but just being curious, go turn around, poke around in that spot that you don't know. Does this seem to fit? Because you'll know if, the, if if somebody describes a box that looks like this and you go look and you see a box that looks like that and you're, you know, OK, well, some of that's it there. It feels dangerous in there. I mean, let's it call does. it what it is. It, it's scary in there. It's scary in there. And especially since it's the unknown. Yeah. So I don't recommend going poking around in there <laughs> until you can kind of find a place where it feels a little, at least a little bit safer to or do Or someone it. safe to do it with you, or perhaps. Or someone safe yeah. to do it with yeah. you, somebody to facilitate yeah. the process. But the other thing, too, is when somebody's giving us what they say is witnessing of, of the things that, that we don't know about ourselves, we may also look at the things that we know about ourselves. Now, they're t- actually trying to tell us something we don't know about ourselves. But we look at the th- category of things that we know, and we're like, well, that's not there. That must not be true, then. When they're actually giving us feedback on the things that we're not aware of ourselves. So, therefore, no, you're not going to find it on your inventory. <laughs> it's in the wing you haven't explored yet. Yes. It's in the closed up wing of the house. Yeah. yeah. So it's dusty and Intuition dark. is important. Because you need to test it out for yourself. You will know. You I can't. You can fool yourself a little bit for a little while, but you're going to know if it's really there. And check, you know, remember that there are places that people can see that are not yours. And but they may y- not see all of it. They may just see a piece of it, but yeah. you can explore it together. Yeah. 
And actually, you know, other people may may come to you with descriptions of of what they're seeing, and they may have judgments of those things. You don't need to accept the judgment of it in order to explore the the potential validity of what it is that they're trying to let you know that they're seeing. Because people have all kinds of hang-ups. They may be, you know, seeking to put shame on uh, on you for something that you don't need to accept that. I am so done with shame. I'm so over it. But I, the other thing that's interesting is not just the negative side of this, because we're all kind of prepared for the negative side of it in the sense that we're guarded against it. But sometimes what's in that shadow is our strength. It's our power. Ah. It's the thing that maybe we've seen abused around us i mean if mm-hmm. we've been if we've grown up in a household where power was abused we may not want to own our own right. so sometimes it's a relief to get that stuff out and owned in a and it can be a, it can be positive like purely mm-hmm. positive um and i i was talking to somebody the other day um who who had a, a negative belief about um going into therapy "Quote unquote therapy," and and this person said, "But there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not sick." Mm-hmm. And and I, my my reply to that was, "You don't have to be sick yeah. to go into therapy. Yeah. It's a protected space within which to explore. Yes, with yes. someone who has skills in facilitation and whose interest is in you becoming more whole." Yes, exactly. That's their job, yeah. is to hold that space and bring whatever tools they have to you getting more whole. And it doesn't have to be a psychotherapist. It could be, it could be through hypnotism. It could be through dream therapy. It could, be, it could be yoga. It could be sports. It could be any number of different things. And as a, as a counselor, even as a coach, we have a responsibility to hold unconditional positive regard for our clients, yeah. which is... Yeah. I think actually is a really helpful practice even for ourselves. Yes. So the idea yeah. of unconditional positive regard mm-hmm. is is that holding compassion for even the gnarly bits. That the gnarly bits are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're there for survival. They're there yeah. because they were trained in all kinds of reasons. So without making someone bad, I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. without someone being... Um, uh, shameful, just to look at things and to understand, just with a view of understanding, and and what would we like to choose now, and yeah. what can we, how can we get there, mm-hmm. how can we work on it together, yeah, that kind of thing within and this safe container, and even before if we just, you have to take it out there in the world, yeah, and that so that's within the counseling relationship, and we mm-hmm. do that even we can do that internally mm-hmm. with ourselves and our shadow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like to look yeah. at our shadow with unconditional positive regard, be like yeah. you know whatever's in there. Uh, there's a reason why it's there, so we're not going to just yell at you, yell at the shadow because it exists. Yeah. There's a there's a lovely little book called Taming Your Gremlin, <laughs> and it's illustrated. And there's this really ugly looking gremlin that's in it in line drawings, and and it I I used to use it in my um, counseling practice because it was a it was a wonderful way to help people to explore these parts of themselves that they thought were ugly and. And the parts that they had disowned. Um, and it was about making friends with this gremlin. Uh, so that's it. That, 
clickety-clacking because I'm sending this you're, out yes, on, uh, you're, you're on Twitter. Yes, you're sending out the, For the connection to it. For anybody that's uh, listening, if you haven't connected with us on Twitter yet, you can find us there at EssentialConv. That's spelled Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V, because, of course, we can't spell Essential Conversations. It's just too long. So EssentialConv. And... I'm sending links out. So Luca referred to The Dark by Robert Munch. I found a page that actually has him reading the book, mm-hmm. sent that out. And now I'm sending out a link to Finding Taming Your Gremlin on Amazon so yep. that if you're curious, you can go find it. Yeah. And so also we're just we're just touching the surface on what is a, a humongous um, topic. Here. Yeah. And we're we're just kind of splashing around in a puddle of it. Yeah. Uh, but but we know, like the iceberg, that there's a whole bunch more mm-hmm. stuff under the surface that could be incredibly valuable. Yeah. Uh, but but we and we also we started this today by looking at symptoms and what mm-hmm. symptoms might be telling us about some aspect of ourselves that <laughs> we don't that we're not aware of yet. And and we do a pretty good job of holding that space for one another and. Uh, gently saying to one another, and and what do you know? Right. Um, because it isn't. It is a kind of knowing. It's a knowing that's coming out of a nonverbal part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, it, I think often it's useful to use a nonverbal um, side of ourselves to explore it. That's true. Sometimes we just need to be in it, or walk with it, or be in. Um, we were walking through the forest yesterday. Yes, some and bathing. there's something incredibly healing that goes on for our entire psyche when we're in nature, whatever whatever form of nature works best. And I remember reading a book when I was a kid that was that talked about this little sprout that was coming up through the sidewalk in 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 uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> It was called the tree grows in Brooklyn <laughs> uh, because the whole world was paved over and and that was the only nature that this young girl could find. So I think sometimes we find we find nature in whatever way we can because it's it's non-judgmental and it's healing. Yeah. And so we were partaking of a little of that yesterday. Yeah, and I I took you to a very specific place that I go to when I need to poke around in my shadow, to mm-hmm. be honest. That's yeah. what I do yeah. when I go there. Yeah, It's a very specific place that just really calls to me. I mm-hmm. sit there by the sea mm-hmm. with, a, on with a, a giant gnarly, rock. A giant rock with a gnarly, tenacious tree at my back and eagles circling overhead. Mm-hmm. And I ask the questions that I can't bring myself to ask anywhere else. Yeah. And... I get answers. Yeah. And they're not always what I expect. And I was they're much more we, compassionate too. as we walked out that there's there's a there's a feeling of comfort in walking through the forest like that. Um for me there's a sense of peace and comfort and um being cleansed and held and um and maybe that's not so for everybody around the forest. Some people feel that more when they're beside the ocean, some people um, you know, when they're standing on the on the plains um, in amongst the grasses, you know, <laughs> it's it's different for everybody. But yeah. I think that we all have a feeling of t- towards some kind of nature that is a healer and a facilitator for us. Mm-hmm. Um, in in theater, they there's one kind of theater they talk about the fourth wall, about the audience being the fourth wall of a, of a of a room. And and I think sometimes that nature is a fourth wall for us. That it's it is our witness, uh, so that yeah. we can so that we can explore things and see things on the stage of our lives better. Hmm. I like that thought. 
feel like sitting with that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're just about up to the yeah. end of our time today. It always goes so fast it does. when we're talking like What's this. coming up for you soon? I mean, you've been gallivanting around a lot, which oh, yeah, is lovely. I've been, I've been traveling. And, and I, I was saying um, today that I feel like I'm in that space between fourth and fifth gear. <laughs> when you're when you're driving a standard right. car where you've where you've put you've depressed the clutch and you're out of gear but you're not you haven't shifted into the next gear up yet and it's I feel like I'm up shifting but I'm but I'm in that little pause mm-hmm. between gears and I think it's a valuable place to be and I'm exploring it yeah I'm similar yeah. I'm similar I've got something that is being realized right now but it's like the transition point of labor where you can't push too quickly. It's not quite ready yet. And we're talking about labor as in bringing a baby into the world. Yep. It's very much like that. Any new project I I find and, but you have to be ready. And so as soon as the right, as soon as it is ripe, as soon as it is time, you got to be ready to push through. So you're just kind of like the doctor so you're or the midwife. Your time, <laughs> keeping yeah. yourself hydrated, highly alert. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for the signs. <laughs> hydrated. <laughs> no, I suck at hydrating myself. I have to. I have to admit. <laughs> Maybe I'll do more of that over over the. <laughs> Now that you now that you mention it, yeah. So this is a good, it's good to end on laughter yeah, because yeah, I think yeah. that we don't want to get too serious about the shadow. <laughs> we need to stay in that light place go back of the compassion Pan. and and curiosity. And compassion with my my stuffy nose, and hopefully life will get better now that I'm getting my allergies sorted out. Yes, yes, yes. The kitties and I will have to come up with a plan. Thank God for symptoms. <laughs> and until next time, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halix, Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalix.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happ